This is Servant Marcia Carney with Escape to Heaven. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. His anointing is empowering. The kingdom of the Lord is within me. And He's calling Good morning. Good morning, Radio Land. This is Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ with Escape to Heaven. You're listening to 94.1 Wave 94, Monday morning, 1130 a.m. And I am happy that you're here. I know that the angels of the Most High have done a whole lot keeping you and I safe until this morning and I want to bring to you about a believer that believed in the middle of judgment in the middle of visions and all kinds of things going on that you and I are kind of experiencing today there was a guy and his name was Daniel and Daniel was prophetic uh he his faith was tested. Uh, he was thrown in the lion's den. And we kind of all know the story that the lions did not eat him alive. And instead, at the end of the day, the King Darius said, everyone must worship the God of Daniel. So later on, Daniel had a vision and the vision consisted of animals, um, and each animal or four great beasts represented different countries and uh, areas or time of government. One was a lion, had eagle wings. Um, another one was a beast uh, that was, well, it was a bear with ribs in its mouth. Um, another one was a leopard that had four wings of a bird. And finally, a fourth beast that was dreadful, terrible, exceedingly awful and strong, had huge iron teeth. So when he saw this vision, um, and then he saw this, um, that there was one, there was one that had a horn between its uh, eyes. And that one began to speak words, pompous words. So he was very, very troubled, okay? Um, he was watching in the night visions, and he saw someone in his mind was like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven that came to the Ancient of Days, and uh, he, this Son of Man was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all people's nation and languages should serve the Son of Man. Okay, his dominion was everlasting, would not pass away. The point is, Daniel was very grieved, okay? We're looking at Daniel, the seventh chapter, verse number 15, and uh, about the visions. And then an angel came to him and said, let me tell you what this is all about. So this is the angel speaking and clarifying 
the vision that Daniel had. And I'm going to go through this today because, yes, we all want to go to heaven. However, we are living in perilous times. And uh, it feels like there's no goal. There's no end game. Uh, what's going to happen to us? Are we going to live, die? Will we be? What's going on? We Okay, so there's Daniel that had this vision many, many years ago before Jesus came to the earth. And um, the four great beasts, they're kings. That's what the angel told him, um, that the saints of the Most High. So if you're a saint, meaning a believer, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are considered a saint of the Most High. And uh, you shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever. So that's the end game. Now we know the end game. The end game is that you and I will uh, possess the kingdom. We will be a part of the kingdom of the son of man. Okay. That the ancient of days actually give him to last forever. So that's the end game. But what about from this moment right here until that occurs. That's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, Daniel said he wanted to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was so different from all the other three. How it devoured, how it broke in pieces, how it trampled. You know, there were 10 horns that were with him. And then there was this other horn um, that would speak and appear to be greater and uh, he could see that they were making war against the saints and was actually prevailing until the Ancient of Days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. I'm going to continue reading the Bible because the Bible clarifies quite a bit. And then we'll talk about today's uh, world that we're living in. The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms. It shall devour the whole earth, trample it, break it in pieces. Ten corns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom. Another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the first ones. He shall subdue three kings and he shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, shall intend to change times and law. And then, here's the horrible part for us, the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time. But the court shall be seated they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole world shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. And this kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him, him being the son of God, the son of man, and particularly by name, Jesus, Yeshua. Amen. So this is the end of the matter. I want to comment on what we just read. Comment is, there's a fourth kingdom coming, or it's already in existence. It'll be different than all the others. It'll be more violent. It'll 
devour the whole world, trample it, break it into pieces. There'll be 10 kings come out of that. There'll be another one additionally that will come out of it. That one will, um, it will subdue three of the 10 kings. And so I guess in essence, we'll end up with 11 minus three, eight kings. Okay. And uh, he'll be against God most high, this particular one. And uh, he will go after the saints of God. And we will be in that terrible uh, king's uh, power for, I believe, three and a half years. But there will be a judgment that declares that that, that dominion must end. And then the saints of God will uh, take dominion. And so to me, that means the millennium and after that forevermore. So that is the end game. Now, in order for us to get there, we as believers and saints of God have to do the same thing that Israel was cautioned to do uh, over in Isaiah 34 chapter, because right now it is very difficult, really, to distinguish the saints of God and just ordinary people living and trying to be good. And so the saints of God should be definitely distinguishable. And therefore, in order for that to happen, um, we have got to take off the things of this world and begin to be completely more like Jesus, right? There should be a distinction between the saints of God and the rest of the world because God is going to punish not just the world, but also the fallen angels that have been given charge over um, I think they were broken up into 70 nations by God over in Genesis, uh, I believe the 10th chapter uh, or 11th, but mainly Genesis, the 10th chapter where the Lord uh, pulled out his own lot, which was Abraham. And through Abraham, he brought Israel through Jacob. So here in Isaiah, the 34th chapter, it says uh, the fourth verse that the judgment of the Lord the indignation of the Lord is against all nations and his fury will be against all their armies and uh, they will be slain. The mountains will be filled with their blood. But look at this. All the hosts of heaven, as verse number four, shall be dissolved and the heavens shall be rolled up like a scroll and all their hosts shall fall down. So that's those fallen angels that came down here and were not obedient and uh, mankind began to worship them as gods. But their destiny, so you want to know what their destiny is, their destiny is they will be cast also out of any parts of heaven. Uh, They shall fall down to earth as the leaf falls from the vine, as a fruit fall from a fig tree. So that is the destiny of the idol gods that are being worshipped all over the world. And I don't need to call their names. They know who they are. And it's also in the Bible. Now, also in Isaiah, the 14th chapter, let's look at that. Uh, That is where we're talking particularly in a parable about one God, one one fallen angel in particular. It started verse number 12 how you are fallen from heaven. So it's happened before that the angels of the Lord were um, evicted from heaven 
from one level of heaven at this point to another level, but the time is coming where they will also be evicted from heaven completely. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you are weakened. You who weakened the nations for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So the destiny for those thoughts and that statement in uh, Lucifer's heart, the judgment that he actually received is that he's going to be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest pits, the lowest depths of the pit. And those who see him will gaze at him and say, wow, is this the man who made the whole earth tremble, who shut kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness, destroyed cities? would not open the house of his prisoners. So his destiny is, over in Revelations, we learn it's, uh, it's the pit of hell. It's, well, not the pit of hell, it's the lake of fire. So judgment is coming to all of us. Uh, those that believe, those that don't believe, the angels that did not remain in their estate, and you know the 200 that came down and made it with women and created the Nephilim, Everyone will face judgment. Now, we have believers that as we're going through this and as, as it's already started, I mean, if you're in Ukraine and other nations, China and other nations that are already persecuting Christians, you are a believer in distress. And if you are a believer in distress over there, uh, Psalms 22 you may feel like Jesus felt as he was in his last moments on the cross. He said, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? You know, it's, it's, when you don't feel the anointing of the Lord around you and you only feel the distress of what you're going through, all of us will call out to the Lord. Amen. And you will feel like, why are you, Father, so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and I'm not silent, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. Okay. And um, you delivered them. They trusted and you delivered I mean, they cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and we're not afraid and we're not ashamed. So what about me, God? That's how we feel a lot of time to live uh, believers. I'm a worm. I'm, I'm no man. I'm a reproach, despise. All those who see me sound like Job, ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying he trusted in the Lord. Let God deliver him. Let God rescue him since he delights in him so much. So they're literally not only picking at the believer, they're ridiculing the God of the believer. And so there are a lot of believers around the earth right now in this world that feels as if they have been forsaken. But I'm here to tell you, them and me, that God will never leave you. 
Uh, He will never forsake you. He will be with you and is with you right now, no matter how it seems. Amen. And we're back to Psalms 22nd chapter. Verse number nine. And this is David calling out to the Lord. And he's saying, but you are he who took me out of the womb and you made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth. Even my mother's womb, you have been my God. So be not far from me now, amen, for trouble is near and there is none to help me. So believers that are already going through feels like there's no one there. But I want to remind you, as David reminded God, that even though my strength is dried up, but God, you have brought me, you know, you have picked me up. You have saved me. You have delivered me. And verse number 19 says, but you, O Lord, do not be far from me. Okay. Oh, my strength, hasten to help me, deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, you know, save me from uh, being alone. Save me from not having enough money to live. Save me from no insurance. Save me from disease. Save me from COVID. Save me from anger. Save me from fear. Save me from bitterness. Save me, oh Lord. Save me even in the midst of persecution. You have answered me. So I will declare your name to my brethren. You know, God's nature is to extend grace, mercy, righteousness, and peace, even during the times of his own judgment. God delivered Noah. That was judgment time. He delivered Lot, judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. He delivered Rahab when uh, Jericho Uh, was judged in order for the Israelites to come in. So God will surely, surely deliver you. He will surely deliver his remnant, even as we move into the beginning of sorrows, the end of time, the end of the church age, the beginning of the millennium, all that, Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24 chapter and what we see in Revelations, our God will still deliver us. Amen. So you want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. Are you ready? There is a matter of preparation and no one can prepare you for heaven. Only you can. Your mother She can only help herself, your father, the pastor, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife. And we shouldn't have girlfriend and boyfriend. You know, there should be a period of courting, but not interaction intimately. See, a lot we're living in today's world. So today's world has shifted from what the Lord has said prepares you for heaven. So we still want to go to heaven, but are you willing to live the lifestyle 
that our Father has ordained for us. Amen. So, yes, you date, but you get married. All right. So I want to go to heaven. So how do I get there? Let's go to Psalms 24 chapter, verse number three. And today you can hear the Bible because I'm turning it. (laughs) And you're listening to Servant Marcia, Heaven on Earth Ministries of Jesus Christ. And we're bringing you a word today. And the word is, yes, judgment is really coming. However, grace, mercy is still extended. And while it's extended, get ready. Like the five foolish virgins, you do not want the bridegroom to come and you do not have all in your lamp. The wise five virgins, they had all. And at the last moment, when the foolish virgins, and notice that word virgins, virgins, that implied purity, that almost make you feel like he's speaking specifically. The word of God is speaking to saints of God. So saints of God, believers, disciples, newly converted, being transformed, you must get ready to go to heaven. Amen. It's not automatic. You have to get ready. Psalms 24 verse number three says, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? And the answer is he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lift up his soul to an idol. And we just spoke about the fact that God is also going to judge the idols, which are, in most cases, fallen angels in the old, traditional, ancient, and still alive in many countries, even in America, still worshiping uh, various gods. So also, as today's modern way of life, we have other idols such as uh, money, and that's manna. Or, you know, we cannot have more than one God, mammoth. (laughs) But then we worship sex. We worship uh, wine and liquor and being drunk. Uh, We worship success. We worship uh, our bodies. Uh, We worship each other. (laughs) A person get married and They put their spouse on a pedestal and worship those things. So here's the point. Who can ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? That's heaven. Who can do it? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully, that is the individual that shall receive blessings from the Lord, and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Now, in Psalms 22, it says, this is Jacob, okay? And who is Jacob? Jacob is the generation who have problems, have not yet been converted, but you're seeking the face of the Lord. So if you want to go to heaven, you have to desire transformation. You have to desire righteousness. You have to desire to be in reconciliation with 
the creator of heaven and earth. Amen. I'm asking Holy Spirit to enter into today's um, session or my time with you and to really touch your heart and um, help all of us to repent where our heart has been made stone. Amen. Psalms 25 verse number eight says that good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, it is God that teaches sinners in the way. Okay. So the humble God guides in justice. The humble, he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, pardon your iniquity, because it's great. But who is the man that fares the Lord? Him shall God teach in the way that God chooses. Amen. He himself shall dwell. You want to be rich. Everybody's talking about, I want to be a millionaire. Really? Then seek the face of the Lord, because God himself will teach you, and then you will dwell in prosperity, and your descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. He will show, God will show you his covenant. Amen. Why? Because your eyes are not looking at the things of this world. Your eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck your feet, he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Amen. What a good word. So it is our God that will help us on this path of righteousness. Amen. Psalms 26 verse 6 says, I will wash my hands. I want to ascend. Say, who shall ascend? That's that's That was the question. Psalms 24, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? who may stand in his holy place. Well, you need to wash your own hands. <laughs> what does that mean? That I have to do acts of repentance. You know, I have to abstain from evil. You know, I have to move towards good. I will wash my hands in innocence. So I will go about your altar, O Lord, that I may, may proclaim. Here's something else. With the voice of what? Thanksgiving. Okay, and tell of your wondrous works. A lot of churches today are no longer having testimony services, not realizing that they're hindering the breakthrough, they're hindering the deliverance, they're hindering prosperity in the members of the church because they are not testifying in the midst of the congregation. But saints of God, I tell you, if the church don't allow testimony, you go out in the middle of society and you tell people about the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Testify. Wash your hands in innocence. Tell of God's wondrous works. Amen. Because I have loved the habitation of God's house and the place where your glory dwells. Amen. 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 So Psalms 27 verse number four says one thing 
I have desired of the Lord. That will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple for in the time of trouble, God himself will hide me in his pavilion in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon the rock. And over in Psalms 51, I'm just putting this word in you, saints of God, because a lot of us say, I want to go to heaven. We really think we're striving to go to heaven. And I'm trying to tell you, well, there are steps that you have to take, that I have to take to help you on your path. Amen. Psalms 51 verse number 10 says, create, oh my God, in me a clean heart, Oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me, Lord, the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit that I, then I will teach, then I will become a disciple, then I will do the great commission that Jesus gave to us, I will teach the transgressors your way and sinners shall be converted. Sinners shall be converted to you. So we must have a clean heart, steadfast spirit. We have to be purged, amen, with hyssop so I can be clean. I need to be whiter than snow, Amen. And my bones have to be broken so they can rise again in the spirit of God. Amen. In the spirit of truth. Amen. So you want to go to heaven. You know, maybe we need to consider that 21 day fast that Daniel did over in the ninth chapter. You know, it says how he abstained. Daniel, uh, let me go run there right quick. Daniel ninth chapter, verse number three talks about how uh, then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests. So this is what we need to do. You want to go to heaven? Here's your part of the puzzle. Set your face toward the Lord. Make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth and ashes and pray to the Lord. Make confession and even this is what Daniel said. He said, Oh Lord, great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and mercy with those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. I have sinned. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We've done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. Neither have we listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name, O Lord. Righteousness belongs to the Lord, but to us shame of face. And so we, we pray to God, amen. We ask the Lord to remove the shame, remove um, the, uh, the sin, and instead extend mercy and forgiveness towards us. And even though we've not obeyed, Lord, we now want to obey. We've not walked in your laws. We've transgressed your laws. We've departed you. We, we've sometimes even, you know, see, when we depart from God, 
then curses are released unto us. And so we ask the Lord in verse number 18, we say, Father, incline your ear and hear our prayer. Open your eyes. See our desolations. Lord, look down upon Ukraine. Look down upon parts of Africa where they're in the same predicament that we see Russia is doing towards Ukraine, even though it may not be in the news and parts of uh, India and Lord, just incline your ears and incline your eyes and see what we're going through, Lord God. And even um, we ask you that you have mercy upon us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, God, because we're called by your name. Those of us that are believing and following and we're your disciples, God, we are called your people. And so we ask you, Lord, to have mercy upon this world, have mercy upon the saints of God, have mercy upon the backsliders, have mercy upon the unbelievers, God, and those that have never heard your word, and how can they hear unless a preacher is sent? But God, extend your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness even again, even in this hour, so that we can have the reality, Lord, of actually going to heaven. I'm asking God to bless you and keep you till we meet again and um, be encouraged because heaven is your destiny. And even though the path may seem lonely and you may still be in a state that you have not yet responded to the Lord, I'm asking for God to send his mercy, his grace, his power, his anointing, his spirit in your space invade your territory and bring you closer to him. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, let it be done, Lord God, as your servant has requested. Be blessed. Can't wait to see you again. God bless you.